Hi, I'm Carla. I'm Richard. We're the OBs, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. Every week we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. And we do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at WeDoRelationships.com. Let's get to today's episode. Well, hi, sweetie. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I am too. It's a nice day. Um, a little shout out to a new friend of mine. We'll just call her a cat and her uh, and her children wishing uh, her well in her life. And it was lovely to get to know her today. You know who you are if you're listening. Also, we're thrilled to have, you know, great people in our lives and, you know, we can reflect on things that are going on in our life and they're good listeners and provide feedback. And we had a nice uh, get together last night that kind of filled me up and filled us up today. And I was really enjoyed that. Me too. Even though I got a little, uh, I guess, emotional at some point, just kind of like the topic of our discussion today, right? Sometimes we get emotions that are you know, a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. or they take control because something triggers you. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Sometimes it's hard to unhook, you know, when we get on a roll of emotional flooding. Like it just, it expands, it's bigger, harder to yeah. manage. Especially if it's something that's important to you mm-hmm. or, you know, disconnecting from the conversation um, and just in general um, where I've had issue sometimes with regard to emotional flooding is that you get um somehow a value of mine has been compromised and anger could take over Mm -hmm. Um, that's one that i've I've continued to work on is that default that's ingrained deep within me um about you know anger and the frustration of something not going my way i think i share that with a lot of people in the world i don't think i'm alone on this and if i am let me know (laughs) I'd like to at least talk to the one other poor soul that has that happening to them in their life, but it actually, no, we actually does occur. We know lots of, um, you know, differences, like sometimes an equally difficult uh, response is to shut down, you know, and to pull away and to not engage. You know, mm-hmm. I think both both have their um, difficulties in relationships. Yeah, and, and when we're... We're flooded or we have that, you know, the emotional Armageddon is sometimes we call because you're just kind of in the throes of something that you're 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 in the you're in the waves. You're not mm-hmm. I like how you talk about sometimes you have to get beneath the wave and see it rolling above you and observe it like as a loving detached observer. But when you're in the throes of that, you're gonna say things that you regret. And mm-hmm. those are the things that you kind of wake up in the night and go, Oh my gosh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I wish I wouldn't have hurt. I think I heard recently somebody say, and I think it's true, is you know. If we don't take care of our hurt, um, we're more than likely to transmit it. Mm-hmm. Or if I feel hurt, then I'm more likely to hurt somebody else. And if I feel angry, I, you know, I want someone to join the party. Or if I'm sad, I want someone to join the party mm-hmm. to know how I'm feeling and know how I'm, what I'm dealing with. 
it's something that hurt we, people hurt people. Yeah, hurt people for sure, for sure. And I just want to say, you know, don't do that anymore, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But when we know that, you know, emotions are high, you know, the wisdom is low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like how do you talk about hot topics while staying cool? <laughs> I don't know if you can do it unless you do get a little cool. I think you have to. I'm not talking about getting your shades on, right? And doing no. the walk and putting your cool jacket on. That's not what you're talking about. No, but I think that, I think creating a plan before it happens, because we we all know that it happens. Everybody, it's a universal thing that people, you know, get emotional about things. They they have emotional flooding at times, and finding like a safety net or a safety plan is really important. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have it, you're, you're not going to be ready when it presents itself. That goes with any type of a safety mm-hmm. kit, you know, whether it's a emergency kit that you have in your car or, you know, you're required by law literally to have emergency kits and it's like vehicles or long haul vehicles or, or, you know, Mack trucks, you're, you're required. If you don't have that, you're in violation. You can be grounded by not having those emergency kits and flares and triangles and those type of things. And why wouldn't we have those type of a safety plan with something that actually shows up a lot? Like, it's like, it's just like driving down a road, you know, having conversations with people that can sometimes get on your nerves or grind you a different way that maybe you haven't set boundaries with. It was one of our other podcasts you know, and you're still, you know, having a grudge or a challenge with that, and they're able to trigger it and they're able to tap it. You know, the you know, the, the saying is, you know, if you want to feel self-actualized, right, you know, go spend Thanksgiving with your family. You know, not only do they know the triggers and the buttons to push, but they installed them, you know, on you. And so what what, what do you do? You create the safety plan. You're, you're um, in understanding that everybody floods, but most importantly to me, is I flood. We flood. I know you flood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good time to, you know, maybe have a little bit of a disclaimer because we have a 13-year-old dog that's laying next to us. And sometimes he floods <laughs> and has, I mean, literally and figuratively right mm-hmm. now as he's getting older. He's now he looks up at me. But you'll hear grunting and uh, rolling around and that's him. But there he goes. <laughs> and we just... I don't think they can hear it. And we just know that um, he's... He's given us so much in his life where it's okay that he hangs out with us because he doesn't want to be in the other room. There he is. All right. So do we set the table enough here on this? What about the challenges? What about the the things that that people are out there saying is a challenge? I hear the re- it's always about regret if you don't address the flood. There's a regret. There's a hurt. Mm. We've kind of you know, sharpen the saw, so to speak, on on being able to get onto each other's skin, especially in arguments where we're just going down that same path again, and we're not able to jump off. And in a lot of cases, we don't necessarily want to jump off. We want to say, okay, time out. You know, what else can happen here? Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about just being really familiar with emotions right now. We're just being really familiar with what's going on in our bodies. And what's going on in our heart rate, what's going on in our, our heads, what's going on in our voice and our, our inflections and our, our level and our heat and, our, and those type of things. And I, when I'm in the throes of a, you know, being flooded, I tend to talk faster 
I tend to talk faster and more concise, and I can really get going on a sharp, you know, click, 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 click on my, on, on, on trying to make my point as quickly as possible before you or somebody else gets in and is able to provide a counterpoint because I'm not ready to exhaust my point. Where, where do you feel it in your body? Um, you know, I, I've, I used to have it where it was literally audible in my stomach. Like if I was quiet, like you said earlier, you said sometimes you can withdraw or shut down. Mm -hmm. I could literally feel it was almost like there was a mechanism inside going, <laughs> like I'm in here and I'm starting to feel an uncomfortableness that you're not addressing what, or you're letting yourself become uh, psychologically and maybe physically distraught. And it would literally communicate that with me. And it wasn't, it wasn't a sound of, you know, hunger pains. It was literally a discomfort pain. In your stomach. Literally in my stomach. It would be audible. Mm -hmm. Like, oh gosh, is everybody else noticing that? I'm sure other people sometimes have been in meetings going, oh, God. Stomach isn't uh, as loud as I think it is. Maybe it's just my internal voice, and I think sometimes people can hear it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I—that's where I, I feel it. Or I, you know, it used to be just the anger side, but there's an anxiety and maybe a distrust of myself and what I would say next, and and the disappointment in the fact that I really wasn't listening very well at that point. To yourself, you mean? Um, to you or to somebody else? I wasn't oh. listening. I was really inside of but, my head. I got inside of my head and my body. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like outside of it. I was like, but I mean, I, I think that, so, I think that your body was also trying to get your attention that, that you within you was like, something's not right. Wanting yeah. you to address something, you know? Well, yeah. I just didn't want it to be like a men in black, you know, hug that was inside of my stomach that popped out like an alien, you know, making all these noises. But yes, I think it was getting my attention. You're your body keeps score. Your your body your body counts. You know, and mm -hmm. and you you start to feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, when I feel emotionally flooded, I mostly I can recognize it quickly if I'm I feel really hot underneath my skin, like almost like my blood is boiling. That's mm -hmm. usually to me, um, you know, a sign that I'm flooded and that I need to do something. You know. Well, I also think I can see it sometimes too, where you're not necessarily turning red, but your um, your your um, gaze becomes more fixed, you know, searching or it almost like you can see the curiosity start to um, maybe fade away a little bit, and something else is taking that. And I I see that when we're when you know that it's not going that well with somebody in a conversation or. You know, maybe you haven't had the appropriate startup. You know, you're just going right into an issue as opposed to saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. Is it okay if we discuss something that happened the other day or those type of things? And that's really kind of when you come back to it. Mm -hmm. um, but but I just think that you can actually physically see and notice those challenges. Sometimes we maybe don't get those clues and say, okay, maybe time, are you okay? Can I, is there something we need to bring up? Is there something in this space right now? And that's kind of what we talk as we've been in this business for us. Something in this space that we that we need to address or something like mm -hmm. that. Another person to say, what's going on? But, but not, see, by something in this space we need to address is like we, instead of saying, what's going on with you? Yeah. What's the challenge, man? What's the problem? Why are you looking at me like that? Mm -hmm. I mean, as opposed to those. Or why'd you, why are you quiet all of a sudden? You don't agree with it? What? Then you're placing all of your... 
mm-hmm. issues into their head when they're just trying to deal with their stuff. Exactly. And their internal hug or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be super careful. I think knowing that like when one of us is flooded, we need to, you know, address it, but we have to be careful with, you know, kind of predicting each other's emotional mm-hmm. state. Yeah. Like, you know, like, the longer we're together, I think you, you read that study about um, the longer people are together, the less good they get (laughs) predicting or, um, you know, mind reading or, or predicting what the other one might be going through or thinking. So it's always a good idea to check in, but not accuse or say, like like you were saying before here we go again or you're always like that why are you quiet what given the why questions or i'm into a pattern because we recognize those things because we are dealing with um the subtle triggers of a long-term relationship repetitive discussions or repetitive feelings over the years that it's tough to ignore but it's you almost have to look at it again respect to respect it to look at it again and say Trust that this may not be the same thing and inquire what's really going on here and let curiosity bubble up as much as you can. And that's kind of the first step, right? In the whole how to's deal with emotional flooding. But before we do, is there something else on that you want to? Well, I just think that, you know, the most important thing is to, you know, to focus on ourselves. You know, if I, if I'm taking care of my emotional space and you're taking care of your emotional space it's cleaner that way you know mm-hmm. when we be, we lose our self-awareness that's when sometimes couples can be helpful for one another by holding a mirror up and in sh- you know shining a light on something maybe that they can't see but i think especially in couples relationships when both people have an awareness of themselves it just makes things so much better because if I know that I'm emotionally flooded, I know that this isn't a good time for us to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I recognize in you or know some things about you and can kind of determine that there's a possibility you too could be emotionally flooded. And if you are and I'm not, when either partner is emotionally flooded, that's when we have to activate our safety plan, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that safety plan, you know, with, on the on the how-tos, which we may go back, you know, to some of our earlier concepts to kind of address that. First of all, is like to realize again that when emotion is high and wisdom could be low, it's like, what are we going to solve here? And what are we going to challenge ourselves with that we have the best opportunity to see each other's perspectives, right? And I think the opportunity presents itself when... You are both in a way in which there is a give and take and an exchange as opposed to one wanting to dominate and get their opinion out unless someone has given the other person the permission in a way or set the floor, please tell me what you're feeling so I can understand it better. And then you can reflect it back to them. But we're not talking about those type of skill sets that are in here right now. We're talking about the patterns that a lot of people have, not only with their, you know, their spouse, but also with their kids with colleagues, you know, and people that might, and some family members and those type of things that are just, you're just getting into some patterns and to realize, like, like, for example, if I'm going to call somebody and I'm not in the best of moods and I start talking to them, say, 
you know, a family member and, you know, those triggers are there, I'm more likely to respond to that as opposed to just saying, oh, that's kind of what makes them unique, what mm -hmm. makes them, you know, special, what makes them them. You know, I, I not necessarily, I'm not going to change them, but I can change the way I'm, I'm dancing with it. So the becoming aware is, is step one. How, this is the piece that I've always had, whether explaining it to another person or bringing it up in coaching or, or having discussions with, with people at uh, retreats or, or whatever it is, is when do they know and how quickly can they get to the place where they're flooded? It's like you almost have to practice practice this a little bit to say. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you, you have to the know. Sooner you know, the better it's going to be. Yeah, you know? and one of the best things you can do is know when you're ripe for flooding. So, if you didn't sleep well last night, you didn't eat lunch, and it's you know six thirty at night, you haven't eaten. Um, you know, when when physical things we interrupt us or you know happen that's we have an awareness before flooding happens so knowing that we're ripe for flooding is really great because then if you talk if you're talking to somebody on the phone and you already know I'm ripe for flooding you can say you know I'll get back to you about that and you know or or you know what I mean like yeah. sh shutting it down before we get too too flooded Maybe that's maybe that's the part of of writing it down, you know, and saying that's we have an exercise on our a program that that we have with, that goes into the detail associated with this, and we have an exercise that not only the couple could go through, but most importantly, you do it separately and then you share it, mm -hmm. and so you you can really identify that because we get pretty good at if we're really honest with ourselves and we're really we have clarity about what it is, then we're able to put it down and say, okay, this is what happens. And then we can share it with each other. Oh, really? That's what's going on with you. You get, you, you almost kind of, you share the information to say, okay, what does becoming aware mean to me? And then I can share it with you mm -hmm. to say, this is what happens to me when it's flooded, when mm -hmm. I'm flooded. And you, and sometimes when we try these techniques that are almost sound like they're a little bit um, textbook or, or they're not necessarily in a language that we all can say, hey, man, here's how I feel like when you do something stupid, you know, the, well, you try to use non-threatening language that's more of almost like you're you're looking at the concept as opposed to saying what you do or what I do in our arguments. You're really kind of going through, here's what happens, I, be I believe happens to me, not what I see in you. Well, it goes back to the individual yes. accountability you talked about. And I think part of that is also... Uh, recognizing kind of having an awareness always on where our emotions are. And that's why I love and tell everyone about the, how we feel um, app, because you can check in throughout your day and you recognize what you're feeling, you know, and it helps you to get better in touch with what you feel so that you can understand what other people might be feeling as well, eventually, but first taking account of, where where you're at you know and if you find checking in on my app and i know that i i started off with some you know some uh, unpleasant emotions i can be kinder to myself throughout the yeah. day you know and um and just knowing that we have a variation of emotions throughout each day and sometimes when we are in those unpleasant emotion in that arena we need to 
you know, have a lot more self uh, compassion. But if we don't, if we say things like, I don't want to talk about it right now, or then, then people don't understand. So mm-hmm. they're going to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. This happened exactly like this, this morning. I mean, I didn't talk to you about this yet, but this is how it happened. I literally found out that there was a big withdrawal that we did not authorize in our bank account. And I went, oh my God, what's going on here? First you think, oh my God, is it identity theft? And who's doing this? And who just bought a stereo in, you know, Kentucky, you know? And and so you get online, I check it out and I'm I'm dealing with this and I try to go back to sleep and then I wake back again and then the app comes on. Mm. And it says, how are you feeling right there? Because I was like, I want to solve this problem. What's going on? And I found out who charged it. Now I want to get to them, but it's a Saturday. So I can't talk to anybody. And the app comes on. And I said, what is it? And I went, I, you know, I said, high energy. And I almost said high energy pleasant because I was determined, but I really was high energy negative And it was fear. And it was fearful of the, un- of the unknown. It was fear. And I hit that. And that was the true feeling I had mm-hmm. was fear of what, what if I don't get the money back? What if I got to deal also, with that? I, I love you know that. I, mean? I did. That. I love that you had the f- recognizing fear and at the same time determination. So, you know, the truth is, is that we have a lot of times, a lot of emotions happening all at once. You chose the fear in that moment, but you were also feeling determined and some other things at the same time yeah but i well thank you for that i also think if i didn't have that recognition that that fear was a part of it i maybe did not maybe determination would have been more aggressiveness and beaten anger Mm -hmm. and still stayed there Mm -hmm. you see so so in other words my anger could have masked the fear Mm -hmm. and that's where that's where i think a lot of men and i'll say a lot of men sometimes we're masking what we're feeling underneath with anger and then it's more acceptable it's more acceptable and understood oh they're just pissed off or just like that and they just get mad or they they get quick cut to the chase and be quiet because they're going to go do it I, I just think our our ability my ability to say stop what is it then i was more fluent in the language and i was able to be assertive as opposed to being you know smash smash mouth whatever the hell it was or getting mad about something mm-hmm. so when we're at that point where we're really flooding then you know the a was awareness Mm -hmm. first step is a is awareness and then we go to b Mm -hmm. you like b don't you or you like c better we'll talk about b i think you know b is about taking a break and usually people resist the step a lot because if you're in the throes of passion and you're really charged up about something and someone says i need to take a break it feels like, oh, great, you're just cutting me off so I can't get to my point. But really, it's the best thing you can do for yourself and the other person because you will have more clarity when you're not flooding. You know, our brains are um, such an amazing organ, you know, and when we have, when we get into fight or flight because we're charged up about something emotionally flooded, the blood leaves that portion of the brain to make your heart pump and to make me feel like my blood's boiling and it's doing all other things in the prefrontal cortex is, you know, doesn't have the blood to function properly. So the, all the um, creative solutions aren't accessible. And so taking a break is really a way of 
sort of getting ourselves back online, you know, when we get offline. So like getting, getting our, distracting ourselves in long enough um, to where we're not thinking about the issue that got us flooded. So that could look like a lot of different things. You know, for me, I like to go outside and just notice in nature what's different, what colors are changing out there. This is how you choose to see. This oh, yeah, yeah. You choose to soothe, right? Yeah. And that's what you're doing. That yeah, I, I kind of blend those two, hmm. taking a break and choosing to soothe because <clears throat> when we take a break, we're actually just getting back online with ourselves. But when we take a break, we also have to have ideas about what our break's going to look like. You know, what, you know, in the middle of the night, going outside isn't going to, well, it could work, uh, you know, to look at the stars and the moon or whatever. But, you know, certain certain things aren't available to us at different times. If you're, you know, at a restaurant, you can't exactly, you know, take a bath or, you know what I mean? It's like, so having a list of those things that calm us and get us back um, and distract us for a little bit in a peaceful way, um, we have to start to accrue our own running list of those ways, those times when we feel peace. It's like, jot that down, you know, yeah. and use that the next time. Like, I love my white blanket and just sitting, you know, with a fire on. And that's one of yeah. my real, you know, times that I feel relaxed and good. It's like, that's on my list or, you know, lots of different. Yeah. Things. What's, what's your go-to for choosing to sue? Oh, mine is definitely uh, nature looking. I'm right here now looking at a tree because I'm really upset with you right now. No, I'm looking at a tree because I see the you know, the slight breeze in the leaves. And that's always been something that is just fascinating to me to realize that something bigger is at play here. And it's so fascinating seeing the growth and the colors. And that is is really important to me. The breath too, it's just the simplicity of the beauty mm -hmm. of our breathing, you know, and just, and breathing like, you know, the a baby, you know, and breathing mm -hmm. through your belly. I mean, that just, whether that's getting to sleep or, or calming myself down. I mean, literally just doing that right now puts me in a place where um, it almost, I'm more, I'm more, I get, I'm more open, you know? I'm yeah, it tricks your body, it, especially when we are emotionally flooded. It really does, a, a deep breath really tricks your body in, into this place of peace where the body's like, wait a minute, I thought we were going full flood, you know? It's yeah. like, but when you take a breath, your body's like, oh no, false alarm, everything's fine. You know, it, it it's kind of a way of tricking your body into peace. Um, and I think there's there's a lot of difference, you know, as we kind of go between taking a break and choosing to soothe. It's like the, the taking of the break is often, um, like I said, difficult for some people. Some people want to take a break for three days and some people want you know, to not take a break at all. And obviously neither one of those options is really a viable option. So, you know, figuring out, I mean, physically, I think, you know, 20 minutes is a good amount of time to get ourselves back online and less emotionally flooded, mm -hmm. you know, more to neutral ground where we can address things more clearly and maybe find more creative solutions to the issue 
but sometimes the break would be, you know, we're going to talk about this this weekend, you know, yeah. or we're, we're putting, we're, we're, you know, kind of having a truce with each other that we're going to, we're going to get back to this, but right now we're, we've got to go to sleep yeah. or, yeah. you know, we've got to do whatever, get the kids somewhere or do some other thing. But to really um, know that a break doesn't mean we're never going to talk about this again. Having that sort of the secret promise that we're going to work through stuff yeah. and and figuring out, you know, our best way of coming back to those topics. <laughs> I think about your the interactions you've had with uh, one of our children that was very, very sharp, you know, uh, said her point well. And we've talked to her about this and she just lets us share this. But, you know, when we're having those arguments and or when you were having the teenage arguments with her, you know, she would want to continue on with the the grapple, mm -hmm. so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, it's OK, let's just go to bed and we'll talk about this tomorrow. And the clarity within her was just so shocking to me because she said, I won't feel this upset about it in the morning. <laughs> That's right. So it's almost kind of like not even worth it to talk about it sometimes because we get so charged up about things. And that's what happens sometimes when you readdress things and you come back to talk about them. A lot of times it's like, you know, I was so tired or, oh, I didn't eat anything. And I just had a shitty day or whatever it is, you know? So finding those, the, the well, way. can happen in that break. Yeah. <laughs> But coming back, you know, that's what, um, you know, so we have awareness, mm -hmm. the ABCs and the D, ABCD. So it's awareness, um, our own self-awareness of emotional flooding, taking a break and, you know, figuring out in your safety plan, you can kind of create and have like some rules on, you know, what a break looks like and is it okay to leave? you know, is it not okay to leave? You know, what are the parameters that will help you feel safe if you or your partner is flooding? And then the seed to choose to soothe, you know, finding those opportunities to find peace within you so that you can get back online after emotionally flooded, being emotionally flooded. And then the D is to make a date uh, to discuss it. So, and that's usually the hard part. Like, how do we how do we bring up a top tough topic when everything's cool? You know, it's like, yeah. we're, we're just doing great. Why would I bring up what upset you yesterday? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. We actually had one of our, our couples, you know, that we were talking to that basically wanted to come back at a different time. And while they were just in the heat, you know, and when it was really high level, so that they say, we want, we want you to see it. We want you to see how I'm reacting here. Like, yeah. like we had some kind of a secret serum or we're going to get a syringe and stick in their neck, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But, and but, the secret but, is to, you know, to not be in a flooded place because they, that's what they did. When we were talking with them, they yeah. were, they were able to chat with each other and, and say, yeah, I know, gosh, I was so upset and. You know, and that's when they said, God, we just wish you would see us in the moment. It's like the secret is don't engage when you're emotionally flooded, because that's when we say things we wish we wouldn't know. That's when we hurt. You and know. how powerful and how brave is that to be able to say that we know 
that this wasn't because there's a lot of people rely on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. These, these are, these are people that, you know, challenges gravitate because they have, have wisdom. They have process, they process things through, they see the relationship and it's tough for them because they're getting from all sides to say that there's something important enough in that energy and that moment of challenge that, that they, it's, they want to lean into it. They're leaning into that. They're trying to figure that out. It's so impressive mm-hmm. with people that are doing this. And by the way, I think that's part of the reason why they have such a great relationship and are continuing to work on this to say, I want to be better for those that, that, you know, rely on me mm-hmm. and rely on us and rely and want to, to get our wisdom. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, to do that. Yeah. It's like when we were kids, I can remember uh, in school being you know, they would tell us a story about, yeah, the, the dad's at work and the boss yells at the, the boss yells at the dad and the dad yells at the mom and comes home and yells at the mom and the mom yells at the kids and the kids kick the dog. It's kind of like the opposite of that. When you are able to manage flooding, the ripple effect of peace and, you know, working things through, it just is so far reaching. So it's like, almost the the opposite of mm, you know when you're true. not um managing emotional flooding you just take it out on the next person they take it out on the next yeah. person they you know but if we start to set you know set the tone for our own processing of our emotions and um regulating um our ourselves through it we we the ripple effect i mean even the dog's happy then Literally, when you were talking about that, he got up and was wagging his tail. He's like, "Okay, we're getting to the point where you don't kick the dog." But, it, but well, and he and the the reverse is true too. Because when we get upset and voices get raised, he'll trot out of the room like, "Oh, yeah. here they go." You know, he's kind of our our indicator that well, maybe we should take a break. Right. You know, it brings up. I I remember someone saying this, and I don't know exactly who did, but I thought it was priceless because. Our animals, whether it's our cats or our dogs or whatever our pet is that we <laughs> love so much, our bird or Lucille. Oh, Lucille. Oh, yeah. Is that, you know, maybe we could be the person that our dog thinks we are. Yeah. Right. You know, I want to be the person my pet thinks I am. Yeah. And what, a, what, because that's loving, unconditional. And, what happens is if you have a plan and you share that with your partner or share that with your child or share that with, a, in some cases, a colleague, mm-hmm. you can get to that place where you can do it very subtly and say, here's what happens to me sometimes mm-hmm. when we're going over this. So you just, here's what's going on. Sometimes I need a little break to go think about mm-hmm. it, Re- reorganize my thought process and that type of thing. You think you speak in different, different platitudes mm-hmm. or different terms, say in the office, but if you have, and you've shared that plan, especially with that person you love and you want to continue to have a great relationship with, you're investing a small amount of time that you'll want to spend because it's like, wow, this is really kind of cool. We're actually having an intimate conversation about how when we're not having intimate conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then you created a plan, you understand each other a little bit better. And then maybe those inflection points that happen where you think that something's going on is, you know, negative or challenging is just the way they process. Yeah. And then you're able to see, this is our plan. Remember, this was mm-hmm. how, it, how it worked. I'm not disconnecting from you. I'm trying to reconnect to myself to be better to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there's a, I've worked with a lot of families recently that 
are going on trips and want to plan for, you know, when there's a meltdown, because there's inevitably there's going to be a, a meltdown, you know, and with somebody. And I think if you talk about it as a group before you go on the trip, it's like, all right, we know we're all emotional beings. Someone might flood. And if we do, what's our plan? What are we going to do? How do we react to that? Do we, you know, I love the idea of having um, smoking breaks without smoking, <laughs> you know, like going outside and taking yeah. some deep breaths and we're not, a, we're not advocating for vaping either. You know? No, no. <laughs> but it's like the, you know, just that consistency yeah. of, of going outside and taking those deep breaths and, you know, kind of getting that oxygen in, you know, and, and really trying to offset those those opportunities for emotional flooding to happen. Well, as, as we kind of conclude here, there's there's something coming up that I think is really important that um, I know you're planning for that. And I bring this up because we've talked about this, but you're going to go to another state with your siblings and you're going to be um, putting your mother's ashes to rest in the ground. Mm -hmm. And those are, that's a very... Um, somber and real thing of putting her to rest and the dynamics associated with you know everyone else's how are the grieving how they communicate what's important to them during this trip and you're going to be right in the throes of it you know you're gonna you're gonna be in the throes of it and you've had a situation before where you've gone down and you created a plan mm -hmm. and are you we're doing this on the fly here mm -hmm. but we've done this enough to where what kind of a plan is it similar to the last time that you would have to say when th if things get, you know, too jarring or it's it's too overwhelming for you? What what's your what's your plan? Is it similar to the, the last time or what what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying I'm doing this raw, so mm -hmm. we can always cut it out if you don't want to do do this, but you know, what what is it that you are thinking? Well, I I'll think, be quiet. <laughs> I think uh just like the last time it was I let my siblings know that I would take a I would go for a walk or you know, I might need a break. And I think knowing myself and doing the best that I can to take care of me during this, you know, trip that, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy with emotion, you know, what the whole thing. And um, so, yeah, it'll be, I think taking those smoking breaks without smoking mm -hmm. yeah. and, and if needed, you know, taking a walk if I need, if I really do need a break. So you're saying you're going to expose your plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going to tell them or tell tell them your plan so that when they know that you've got something to where you're going to address, address it if it comes. Well, yeah. And I don't think it needs to be, uh, I mean, it'd be different if it was our family, like yeah. you, me and the kids or whatever doing something, but, you know, it's not like I'm going to sit them all down in a room and say, okay. this is what's going to happen. But, you know, just letting at least one of my siblings know the plan, um, I think is the most important thing because then they can kind of know what's going on and saying, oh yeah, she's just taking a walk. She, you know, no big deal. You know, don't worry. It won't be like alarming. It'll just be, you know, it's part of, part of the flow. Mm -hmm. So, Kind of wrapping this up then, are 
that that's a difficult and somber situation that you're applying these these tools to um to that mm -hmm. and it may not be a death of a family member that you're doing, but it could be a, something that's a constant hurt or a challenge or something you just want to get better at because the outcome of a conversation wasn't necessarily how, how you want it to be, or you've had a regret at night. You're like, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. And here we go again. And now we got to make up because I got pissed off. Well, it's even, but even there's like such a joy too in here. This is the thing that I just want to make sure is there's a joy in the connection of sharing the plan. There's a joy, in, and I'm talking about as a couple. I felt that joy when we've discussed this and we've gone over what the plan is with regard to our, um, like, say, an argument. And I've seen other people who then embrace it, and they're having a better conversation and not having these things that they regret, or you can hurt someone in a deep way, because we know how we could hurt each other. But there's a there's a joy to that in, in creating a plan, being an intentional about it. There's so many benefits from it that you can help and other people will notice it and you can share some of your the thoughts of how, of how you're doing it. But what, what's on your mind there? I mean, what is it? It's tough. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's that regulation of our own emotions and not knowing, you know, when they might rise up. It's, mm -hmm. and remembering past situations where things have you know turned ugly or whatever and it's like knowing that there those things happen and usually with family you have more of those times that you can recount you know that that have happened um you know where emotional flooding has happened whether it's you or someone else and you're you know the one that's just kind of there when they're flooding and so um you just, I think the main thing is to know that I am going to take care of me and my emotions. So there's a tool for people if they want to do it. Mm -hmm. It's called, it's a series called, you know, manage the emotional flood. And it goes through a little bit more. It's a video series that we created that you can do it on your own or do it with your partner. You can do it as part of a weekend or as part of a, a little date night before you go out you can discuss then your, your forms that you use and you can actually put it down on paper. So, we're not going to just give you, you know, this, the challenge, but here's a way to actually address it in a, in a real tangible way that is simple and elegant. We put a lot of time into it to, to make it simple, sort of like, you know, so, something that's simple, elegant takes a lot of hard work to make it that way. And then you can t use the tool and then it becomes your own and it's yours. It's like, what is yours? And then people ask you the question, what, what do you do? And then you can say, we do this and that's kind of going back again to the we do relationships it's like we do this but individually we work this way to get to a place where we can describe it to somebody else as you know something that they can actually maybe look at themselves so i don't want it to end on a down note <laughs> i love you and i i'm i know it's going to be a good trip and i know you're you know I, I do know that because you're going to be collected glass from the beach yesterday, mm -hmm. you know, colored glass from the beach that we're going to put that you're going to put around her grave site as a way for me to share in that yesterday and picking those mm -hmm. pieces of glass and me to participate in a way to honor your mom. So we started with a little uh, thing for Kat and now let's end with a, a love and a, a, ki a divine kiss to Dorothy as you go and, and honor your mother. All right.
Well, until next time. Take good care. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice.